Hello, everybody. Welcome back to A Higher Way with Tay. I'm Taylor Taylor, and I'm super excited for today's episode because it is a first in the history of A Higher Way podcast where I am sitting down with a co-host instead of a guest and a very special co-host at that. This is my bestie, Emily LeBlanc. As we will explain in the episode, she and I have had many in-depth spiritual conversations over the years that have naturally evolved to getting to a place where I think her voice needs to be heard too, and her perspective needs to be shared. And we just have such a natural ebb and flow in the way we share ideas and collaborate. I think it's just a perfectly natural fit to have her on the podcast as a co-host today. So I'm super excited about that. I'm also really, really excited about the content of today's episode. Um, As you can tell by the the title, we are talking all about psilocybin, magic mushrooms, uh, and microdosing. So I guess I have to go ahead and say this because, you know, in today's world, you have to. Um, I am not giving medical advice. I am not telling everybody that they should go out and microdose mushrooms or microdose any plant medicine for that matter, or even any type of hallucinogenic you know, medicine. Um, You have to do your research. You have to know your own body. You have to be an advocate for your own health. Don't do what I'm doing just because you listened to a podcast and thought it sounded like a fun time. Um, Clearly, as we discuss in today's episode, that's not the point. So just getting that out of the way. And the other thing, you know, please don't DM me and ask if I can like get you mushrooms because I can't (laughs) and won't. But I love y'all, and I'm so grateful that you're here and listening to today's episode with me and Emily. Enjoy. Well, hey, sister friend. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here as my co-host, the first ever on the podcast history. I am so pumped to be here. I've loved all of your episodes so far, and I'm just thrilled that you and I get to have a chat today. I am super excited, too. And it's funny because, as you know, if there's anything that we love, Emily, it's a good old-fashioned deep dive. That's kind of like our main hobby in life. We just go on these giant deep dives into a variety of subjects. And today, we're taking a very deep dive into a discussion about human consciousness through a conversation about microdosing and our experience on that journey together, uh, which was quite the trip no pun intended. So before we get started into all that good stuff, I want to just jump in and let's talk about your astrology. Are you ready to kind of get into that a little bit? I am. You are always my guiding light in this category because I have very little understanding of it, but I am super excited to hear the details. It's funny because like I've already told you a little bit, obviously, because we're friends like about your chart and like your stuff. But Um, you know, most people, I feel like most of my friends really don't know the details. And so I always get excited when people are interested and want to know more about, you know, their chart or their sun, moon and rising and stuff. So, you know, as we were growing up, there was always like the one section in the Cosmo magazine of like, oh, you're a Virgo. And let me tell you about that. But it was always Cosmo. That was our only like astrology. (laughs) (laughs) And now that I have learned just a little bit more, I'm like, wait, that is not even half the story. It's like a minute of it. So yes, the sun, your sun sign, which is typically what people read for when they're reading their horoscopes is like not even what you should be reading is a whole thing. But, you know, for you, yes, you're a Virgo sun, right? Um, And you have an Aries moon and you are a Taurus rising. So I'm going to talk a little bit about each of those individually. But like as a Virgo sun, you probably already know this. You've heard this before. The whole vibe of Virgo is that they're very detail oriented. They're very organized. They can be particular about things. My personal experience with Virgos is I have had um, a handful of female Virgo friendships in my life. And these women are are literally like the funniest people that I know. There is this sense of humor that Virgo women have that is hilarious and it's self-deprecating at times, which is a great thing. But it's also just like, I don't know. It's something that I just personally, in my experience, have picked up that I love about female Virgos is they're just fucking hilarious and and fun and funny to, you know, uh, talk to and listen to. So that checks out for you for sure. Um, You have an Aries moon. I have said this on the podcast before, but 
Aries is the opposite of Libra and I have a Libra stellium, meaning I have all these planets in Libra. So I'm naturally drawn to like anybody with Aries placements, but it's always Aries moons. It's interesting. Like I have so many Aries moons in my life that I've had, you know, that relationships with or close friendships with. And it's, it's interesting to me. I think it's that polarity that draws us, but that the, the Aries moon is, very passionate. It's very headstrong. It's a fire sign, obviously, whereas Virgo is an earth sign. Um, And your rising being in Taurus, also an earth sign, uh, makes Venus your chart ruler. So Venus, the planet rules Taurus and Libra. So I'm a Libra, you're a Taurus. We both have the same chart ruler, Venus. Um, Taurus, listen, Taurus likes luxury, comfort, beautiful things. Yes. I mean, hello. Like anybody who knows you, they're like, check, check, check. Uh, Taurus is a very devoted sign. It's very grounded. Um, so the combination of having like this, you know, earth, earth sign as your sun Virgo, and then earth sign for your rising Taurus, then with this kind of fiery moon, it's just a beautiful combination, but a lot of like groundedness in your personality. Um, but again, the, the elements of like the luxury and the comfort that are very Venus themes because of that being your chart ruler, it totally checks out given the fact that, you know, you have this whole career background in interior design and aesthetics. And I've said before, like anybody who ever walks into your house, it's like straight out of, you know, um, uh, some kind of like architectural digest, like Southern living, like your, your, your taste is unlike anybody I've ever known. Like you literally just have this eye for beauty and putting things together specifically at home. Um, that is unlike anybody I've ever met. And it, it is very evident you know, by the fact that you have Venus as your chart ruler, but more specifically with Taurus because of that element of like the luxury and the nice things and the beautiful things. And so I feel like all that really checks out for you uh, in that regard. But you also have Venus. So your natal Venus is in your fourth house, which is the house of home and family. Um, That's pretty prominent because the fourth house is considered an angular house. So anytime you have planets there, I mean, it's a significant house. So again, you know, the, your chart ruler and this planet of like, you know, love and relationships and harmony and beauty, you have that in the house of the home and family, which I think is a fantastic placement. Um, But you also have Mars and Mercury there. So family life and like family themes are huge for you. That's going to be, you know, a big element of just like your life path. Um, As a uh, Taurus rising, um, you have a Scorpio descendant, um, meaning Scorpio is the opposite sign of your rising. Um, And you have Saturn, the planet Saturn is conjunct your descendant or opposite your rising Taurus. So long story short, that just uh, how I read that is like, this makes you a very loyal friend, which I have said from the dawn of time, you are my most loyal friend. And, you know, when I see that placement in your chart, I'm like, yep, that is that is loyalty to a T. And, you know, with Saturn there opposite your rising and conjunct your descendant. Saturn is going to give you life lessons around the themes of relationships and around the themes of like self-perception and your personal growth. So I've said before, but anytime we look at where Saturn is in the natal chart, we're looking to see like what type of like themes and lessons are going to be prominent for you in your life. And really for you, again, going back to the themes of relationships and your own personal growth, which are similar to mine as a Libra, because we have the same chart ruler. So again, I think it's like fair to say that we both have this similar kind of, um, you know, even though Saturn in different houses, but with like the prominent Venus, there's going to be similar themes that we both experience, like, you know, as, as we age. So that makes for having a lot in common as friends too. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, for your nodes, so your North and South node, you have your North node in Taurus as well. So like you have a lot of Taurus in your chart or prominent Taurus, um, Scorpio is your South node. So it's interesting because we're recording today on the uh, lunar eclipse in Taurus, where the nodes are activated in Taurus and Scorpio. You just so happen to have, those are the placements of your nodes. So you have Taurus on your North node, Scorpio on your South node, um, Taurus, again, an earth sign, um, being your north node, like what you're moving towards in life, what you're trying to embrace and embody on your life's path. And in the sign of Taurus, that really comes down to like finding pleasure in the simple things and developing routines that 
feed your soul and keep you aligned. And it's about leading with honesty. Um, there's an element like that. The urge to be a provider will be at times overwhelming for you in this lifetime. Um, there's a deep desire to take care of yourself and others, um, but also to embrace challenges because part of that journey into the Taurus North Node is showing you like your hard work paying off. So it's all about for you, especially like finding hobbies that keep you grounded because your North Node in Taurus is in the 12th house also. So 12th house is the house of consciousness, spirituality, things that are hidden, dreams, intuition, instinct, all that kind of stuff. So, so having Taurus there as your North Node for you to have like hobbies and things that really ground you um, and help you explore kind of like those earthly five senses. That's going to be really important to you um, on your path forward towards that North node. Whereas what you're coming from or what you brought into this life, right, is that Scorpio. So it's a water sign. Um, Scorpio, I always say this, it's like it's a little tough. You know, you you came into this lifetime um, sort of being used to advancing in life through suffering. Um, I see a Scorpio South node always as like a very deeply spiritual past. And when you look at the Taurus North node that you're moving into and the Scorpio South node that you came from, what I imagine is like the whole theory of like the Lotus flower, like no mud, no Lotus, right? So the Scorpio South node, like brings, you come into this life bringing kind of a lot of like heavy, intense, karma or energy. And that doesn't necessarily mean dark or anything. It's just an intensity that Scorpio has. And then through Taurus, it's rooting all that down and transmuting it into beauty, like the lotus flower through the mud. So it's like, you've had all this kind of like intensity and and you know that about Scorpio, but you just want to be like this grounded, um, beautiful, rooted version of Taurus that you're working towards. So it's like, it's really is that transmuting that energy from Scorpio into Taurus that is, you know, all about the path of the nodes for you. Um, So today, this whole Taurus Scorpio axis eclipse were happening, it's happening conjunct or on the exact degree of your North Node. So it's very significant for you, Emily, because it's closing out a cycle for you. Um, And again, going back to those 12th house themes, where your North Node's located, consciousness, you know, intuition. It's like all, everything we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is closing out a cycle for you that's been 18 months. And um, and we're moving into this new Aries Libra, which we'll talk about um, a little bit on the episode today too. But but it's it's pretty relevant for you considering all that Taurus placement in your chart too. So do you, yeah. do you feel like that resonates? I mean, I get chills hearing you articulate it in that way because I it is my life. I, I very much identify with the Scorpio and that I can identify with seasons of suffering and um, kind of advancing through that. And then um, I don't know if it's like a coincidence or not, but I am married to a Taurus and he is a much uh, more grounded person, very steady. And I've also incorporated um, yoga is a deep practice into my life. And that's brought in so much stability and gra- like physical groundedness into my life. So yes, yes, and yes. I mean, yeah. it, it really, if you were to sum me up and and who I think maybe I have been and who I, where I want to go, I think that's perfectly aligned. Yeah. Um, when you say the eclipse is happening today, what do you, what is the difference between, we've talked about this before, but You've said sometimes in an eclipse, you just let it be. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. you put an intention out there. Talk to me about that. Like, what does one do in a day like today? Well, typically the, the idea of like setting intentions is really more for a new moon. So I always say like the new moon is the time when I will journal and I'll get real clear about what I'm trying to manifest or work on or what intentions I have or what specific changes I'm trying to bring about. And then on the full moon, you really are just sort of allowing the light of the moon to illuminate, you know, what you need to see to either um, make some changes um, in regards to those intentions or to just um, let the the energy of the full moon kind of, you know, um, work on 
on what you what intentions you put out with the new moon. So with the eclipse, it's amplified full moon energy. It's it's the the whole theory behind the eclipse is like we don't need to do anything because the eclipse is doing it, right? There is like don't get in the way. Don't even try to like let your logical thinking mind put out into the universe what you want or what you think you need because at the end of the day, that's good and well, but the the universe and the energy behind the eclipse is going to do the clearing and the rearranging and the uh, recalibrating. And the best thing we can do is kind of just surrender to that energy, allow it to happen and try to maintain just a a curiosity and an openness as to like what may be coming and going or being shifted or healed or improved or recalibrated again. That's really the, the thing about the eclipse. I've always loved the the concept, like when people say it's almost like when you take a light switch and kind of like, or a light bulb just like flickers out for a second and then flickers mm-hmm. back on, that's sort of like the energy of the eclipse. Like it's going to flicker out for a minute and there's going to be a, a moment where everything has to get reset. And depending on where the eclipse is happening in your natal chart and in, you know, what sign and, and in what house, then, you know, everybody will be different in terms of how they're going to be affected. I love that. That's exciting. Yeah. I know it's it's a huge pivotal time. Like eclipses are a big deal. So don't sleep on them, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm here for all of it. And I I um all of what you mentioned earlier in regards to my reading is perfect. It makes complete sense for me. And I'm excited to hopefully settle into the Taurus energy as we Yes. Well, that's your, that's your, your purpose to be a Taurus, the easier life's going to go for you. I like that. Okay. I can, I like that too. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about, we met each other almost 10 years ago, um, at work. Yeah. Wild. Um, I, why don't you give some background on that? Am why don't you tell everybody about how we met at work? Um, so at that season of life, I was going through a ton in my professional career. Um, there were a lot of things changing, um, that were really outside of my control. And I felt a huge sense of identity loss in that, um, we'd also been only married for a year. And so I think the conversation around like having children and all of that was coming up. Um, So during that time, I just kind of took a job that was honestly just to, (laughs) no, I never use the word beneath me, but I would definitely use it. It was beneath you. (laughs) It was certainly not something that was aligned with what I felt like I had to offer. Um, And on top of that, it wasn't really something I, I felt like I chose. I felt like I just had to, to do it. And I did not know what I was walking into. It was a super small office. It was all females. It was just like night and day from what I had done. And I didn't really have big intentions of how long or what we were doing. It was just, here you go, do it for the time being. Um, and insert you. I mean, I think day one, and this has kind of always been our friendship, is you and I just immediately knew each other. And those type of soul friendships are so beautiful. And it is like the most poetic part of being human when you meet someone and you're like, I swear, I felt like I know you and I believe it. I I believe it at this point. Um, We were clearly a part of each other's lives uh, in a past life of some sort. And we just chatted. We were friends. Um, I think my existence in that very small office kind of rocked the boat a little bit. I was super independent. You are a little more of a rule follower and you're a little more by the book. And I think within like two days, I was like, um, we all take lunches. We all have. Oh, that's right. Okay. So like when you came on, I had been there, I had been working in this particular not to be named establishment for like a year or two. And then Emily came and joined. And at at that time we were both uh, like Emily mentioned, newly married. Um, Emily had been, you know, was working through this really difficult kind of like career transition. And I was 
adjusting to married life and working this job that I clearly was not passionate about. And Emily came in and I remember one of the first things was like, she was like, um, why aren't you guys going to lunch? And I was like, oh, we just work through lunch. And I was like, no, like that stops today. Like we, we're going to lunch. <laughs> and so then our, the boss was like, yeah. And then the boss was like, started being like, not very thrilled about our relationship. Like, and then we, she would come to work and like, you would be in my office or I'd be in your office or whatever. And we would just be like chatting or whatever. And I feel like we were like little girls at school getting separated. Like she was always trying to like sep- like split us. She did not like, she was very concerned about the friendship that was blooming there. Right. Um, but we were, you know, quickly realized like we were at these very similar kind of pivotal points in our lives where we were feeling, um, you know, again, like talking about like both of us were getting ready to start trying to have, babies. And we were talking about like, you know, discussing that. And like, I, I don't know, I just remember it being this period of time where we were, and we've had other seasons of this together in our friendship, but we were very much like feeling that there was something more to do that we could kind of like co-collaborate on or co-create together. And there was like a hunger for more than what we were doing, but we weren't completely sure what it was. Sure. Yeah. And I think insert there would be our path to to investigating real estate. So we decided Mm -hmm. while we were doing this other job at night, we would participate in real estate school because we had big dreams there. I've always, I'm still in interior design homes, how people live is so important to me. I love it. And you shared that as well. And so it was kind of like therapy. It was a way out. It was something new to explore. Um, we just kind of dove headfirst into that. So we would work during the day and then at night we would go to school. And then somewhere along the lines there, we were both pregnant mm-hmm. um, and also processing all of what that would, would bring into our lives. Um, well, we were, it's interesting because when we met each other, we were in the Libra Aries eclipse cycle, which has just began again as recently as like two weeks ago. Um, so the last Libra Aries eclipse cycle lasted 2014 to 2016. And during that time, you know, we can look back and see like, oh my God, like look at these like huge monumental life changes that were happening. And 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 we were doing them like together. We were literally pregnant. We were going to this real estate school at night. We were, I was trying to figure out my way out of this job that was right. I was not happy with. Um, and we were kind of like, looking towards this new future and not a hundred percent sure like what it looked like, but we were like doing it together and we were, we were just diving in. So real estate school was like, I just remember us being like very newly pregnant and it was like, we'd go to work all day and then we'd go to real estate school and we would be like sitting in this moldy classroom and we would be like eating the Thai food from next door. And we were just like, what are we doing? Like, I hope this pans out. I hope this was a good decision, you know? Yes. I think you and I have both um, while we didn't even have the language for it at the time, have been on a really intense discovery of self. We've both um, been through our own struggles, our own um, really intense periods of life that have created a lot of change for us. And then I think that's, I mean, we have never wavered in in that relationship. And we've really, I, I do am so proud that we have always, instead of not looking at things we've always chosen to to want to understand them more and understand ourselves more and i think that's really kind of the path that led us to where we are today and where we decided to evolve with our um microdosing journey and our journey of self you have always kind of had more of a spiritual language to you and for me that's been acquired through time um but, you know, in the past two years, year and a half, I have fallen so much in love with yoga and just a holistic mindset, understanding the body, understanding trauma, all of it. And um, it's really been an exciting discovery of self. It has. And I feel like you and I have always, like through the years, taken whatever life 
situation is thrown at us and like have the same sort of process with it where we like genuinely are working through things from um uh, in a spiritual process of like what this has to teach me or what is the deeper meaning you know and we've been through some shit so i mean i don't say that lightly but i feel like we both have that same mentality and that same um spiritual foundation i guess for like understanding ourselves and 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 as we've journeyed through motherhood together too like it's it's been a constant thing of like wanting to learn more about who we truly are as moms and outside of being moms and our identities and all those different layers but there's like these paths of self discovery i think that you and i have utilized together and and both of us you know yoga is a huge one um and so i feel like it is sort of a natural progression that we ended up deciding we wanted to do this whole microdosing thing because we have explored so many different avenues right already of just like spirituality self development can you reflect on that a little bit about just like the different ways we've do- dove deep into these areas of like holistic healing and Yeah, I think that that like perfectly segues into why we decided to do this. Um, You and I are always listening, always trying to to inform ourselves on how to operate in this world that can very often feel overwhelming. And um, I personally had taken a very small amount of mushrooms just recreationally. And at the time, I was also doing deep spiritual work heavily into my yoga, heavily into just consuming everything I can to learn about myself and this beautiful world that we're living in. And uh, during that time, I had just this really profound experience that I don't think I had felt in a really long time, especially since to becoming a mother. Um, I was able to just kind of settle into myself again and like the ability to laugh and be silly and just communicate in just this really free way was something that I hadn't tapped into in a long time. And I vividly remember being like, what was that? And at no point did I ever feel like I was disembodied. I think that was also a big thing that drew me to it because, you know, mushrooms are not really used to take you out of your body. They are used as an enhancement to work with you. Um, And so I think from there, I just dove into wanting to understand them more. And the more I listened and the more that I understood, the more I was like, that sounds really interesting. And I think it was just uh, one of our many phone calls where I think I maybe have mentioned it and you're like, that has been on my heart too. And you have been on a much more intense, you know, medicine journey with the plant world than I personally have. But I think that that allowed you to have a lot of the tools and the resources that were helpful in us like navigating this experience and trying it and who to trust and all that comes with that. Um, And then you also introduced us to Paul Stamets stack, which I think you need to speak on because you can articulate more um, as to why we chose to do that. Well, I think we were like researching, we decided, okay, yes, we want to do this. And we were like, we want to do it together. And we want to have like a whole protocol. And we, you know, we didn't want to do some like willy nilly, like, oh, one day you pop one and you don't really know how it was like, I really wanted it to be like a more regimented kind of um, protocol. And so researching just the benefits of like all the different ones out there, we came across Paul Stamets protocol, which is called the Stamets stack. Um, And that was the one that just really felt most right to us. Um, And essentially what the Stamets stack is, is you take a high dose uh, lion's mane, which is an adaptogenic mushroom. It's not psychedelic at all. You can buy it at the grocery store. Um, And you take uh, niacin, which is a vitamin B3. Um, And then you take your microdose of psilocybin. Um, So you take those three together as a stack and um, you do four days on and three days off. Um, And the uh, purpose of taking the three days off is um, partially for, so that you don't build a tolerance. Um, But there's also the whole protocol is built around, you know, neurogenesis. So Paul Stamets, 
is one of the most reputable and decorated and self-practiced mycologists in the world, they say. And when he created this stack, um, the stamen stack, he actually applied for a patent for it um, as like a nootropic stack, which is uh, essentially like a combination of cognitive enhancers, um, which contains these three ingredients, the psilocybin, the lion's mane, and the niacin. And the purpose for that is neurogenesis. So you are essentially taking this for the purpose of creating new neurons, new neural pathways, and then also repairing existing neurological damage. And that's all happening outside of, you know, whatever spiritual creative processes you're having from ingesting the mushroom itself. So for me, I just thought that was amazing because the work that I do, you know, with ketamine and knowing what I know about neurogenesis and how ketamine can help with these neural pathways, I was so on board with that being kind of like an added benefit that it was a no brainer. Um, but I also thought it was so cool because Paul Stamets says like that this, that his whole reason that he applied for this patent is that he would like it to to see it being like a supplement that people take, like a vitamin. And he claims that its efficacy in epigenetic neurogenesis really has the potential to initiate, and I'm quoting here, the next quantum leap in human consciousness. Yeah. So how's that for a daily multivitamin, right? And you know what? I I will say, and I know we'll get into the specifics on it, but having experienced it myself and having the keen understanding that like this is truly an something to enhance your life and keep you embodied i could totally see it i could i could absolutely see it so i am excited to to watch all of this kind of unfold and see where the industry goes i mean right now it's it's not super accessible but i mean daily even on netflix i mean you're seeing all sorts of access that about subjects that people we're otherwise never talking about mainstream. And I think it's it's beautiful and it's intentional and the time is right. I mean, we we're ready to to live a more embodied experience. And I think mushrooms can help. And I think the great thing about microdosing too is like for people who don't necessarily want to like go get on a plane and go to the jungle and drink ayahuasca or you don't want to do LSD or you don't, but you're interested in the expansion of consciousness through psychedelics, but on a much more manageable um, level where you can continue to go about your daily life. Like that's why this is something that could literally become like a daily, like a multivitamin. But I do want to talk about like on that note about, you know, taking the microdosing in the intention of it is that you take it and you go about your day. It's subperceptual meaning, or mm -hmm. it should be like the dose that you take, you should not take it and notice necessarily that you feel any different. It should be really mildly um, perceptual if at all. Um, so can you talk about like, okay, like what's a typical microdosing day? Like, I mean, do you just tell the people like what that looks like? Yeah. And back to what you said that, so that was my experience at no point in time. Did I ever feel like I had taken like a drug or that I was impaired or, um, I think what a lot of people associate mushrooms with, which, and they are fully capable of tripping, but the microdose experience is vastly different. Um, so I felt completely present and embodied every single time that I did it. But every day I woke up and I took it with my other morning supplements. Like you said, um, Symbiotica is, is one I keep in my cabinet. And um, Shireen, the creator of that company, has done a really good job about educating the people that take that product on what the different products do, um, how they can help alleviate any sort of health issues you're dealing with. Um, so I honestly just took it every morning. I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine. So I either had a little bit or not at all and water. Um, I do hot yoga in the mornings for about an hour and it is really, really intense. So I typically go in on an empty stomach there. Um, and then throughout the day, um, I mean, we're both very busy mothers. We have other jobs that we do um, throughout the day. So depending on the day where I could, I would sneak in either some meditation or I would do um, a podcast, whether it be like our favorites of like a Joe Dispenza, which is always mind blowing and interesting to like 
understand the human mind. It was really this like fun experience of being completely open to whatever the day offered. And I did find that each day um, got a little bit better as far as just um, my ability to be present, my ability to feel nature, my ability just to be excited about being alive and doing the day, which, you know, especially if you get into seasons that are really challenging, especially as caregivers or busy professionals, it's really easy to get stuck in this kind of habitual way of going about your day, which is not conscious half the time. Um, So for me, it was liberating and it was exciting. And I did feel this kind of energy shift in um, how I was able to hear information and apply it. And slowly but surely over time, I felt like I could re-examine any false beliefs or any old patterns that I was telling myself. And I would literally say to myself, like, is that true? Should I be anxious about that? Or should I rewrite that story in my head? And Sure enough, over time, I have really felt that that shift, and it's been so exciting to to feel it and to embody it. And um, I feel like it's been really been kind of a slow unfolding as far as um, how the medicine works, what you put into it, and what it can offer you as far as healing goes. I agree with you about like that slow kind of unraveling. It has definitely been the same for me. I know we both went into it with some similar intentions and I'd love to hear you sort of touch on what yours were. I know for me, I really wanted to um, kind of expand my creativity and like really like um, there's so many subjects that I'm already studying that I'm interested in. And I feel like the, the aid of, um, the mushroom and microdosing with it, it was like my, my interest and my curiosity in these subjects, like that I'm already studying and into mostly spirituality based, mostly like self-healing stuff. Um, my hunger for more knowledge around that and my ability to retain information about these subjects just got better and more heightened. So like when you talk about the podcast and the Joe Dispenza stuff, like, I feel like we would be constantly sending each other stuff like that. Like we were very conscious about what we were feeding our minds, you know, during this process where it was like, um, you know, the podcasts about um, bettering yourself and like changing thought patterns. And and again, going back to like, you have the aid and the benefit of the mushroom that's helping with this neuroplasticity and changing these neural pathways. And then if you're really feeding your brain at the same time, with techniques to help you learn new approaches. I mean, what an incredible opportunity to transform your life. Um, So I feel like in that regard, you know, the, although sub-perceptual, the, my experience um, was like when put to the right use, my focus was better. Um, If you are not necessarily channeling your awareness and your focus into directed areas, I could see where maybe it could make you feel a little bit scattered because I do think the microdosing makes you just a lot more aware in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good thing because you become aware of maybe some of the shit that you shouldn't be aware of or that, you know, like, or that you're distracted from. And so, but I mean, do you agree with you? Like, I kind of feel like in one way it was like, you really have to consciously direct your attention into the right avenues um, when you're doing this intentionally. Otherwise you could kind of be like all over the place. 100%. And I think for me, you know, part of my journey in life has been my struggle with anxiety. Um, That's been a very real thing for me. And, you know, as I actively look for ways to heal and understand it, because at the end of the day, at this point, I feel like I feel pretty strongly that it is always a teacher. It's our bodies are our most honest part of ourselves. And so when you can look at it as something instead of you need to fix and, and really sit quietly and be like, what are you trying to tell me? Um, it can really open up all different levels of your life that you, that you need to heal and understand. Um, And that's what I wanted out of it. You know, I want 
in a really deeply authentic experience in my life. I am not good at, you know, surface level conversations. I, in my friendships, in my family, in my life, I want to walk deeply with people. And I think that that was, you know, a big part of this journey is just being able to really embody that in a more honest way. And I think, you know, again, it's not that it's a pill that you take and it fixes you. It's something, it's a co-creation that works with your body to get you where you're trying to go. And as you and I, I think, and this is like a normal human evolution too, but as you grow older, as you have children, as you evolve, like I want to understand my life. I want to understand God. I want to feel it. I want to embody all of that. And that's a journey. And a lot of people, you know, don't want to go on that in this lifetime. They they want to stay disconnected. They don't want to have a deeper walk. And unfortunately, or fortunately for you and me, it's never been an option. Mm-hmm. We always had this like burning in us to understand our stuff and to understand the human experience. And, um, you know, I think that's how we are intended to live our lives. We're not intended to live by, you know, false paradigms and limited truths. We have to shed that in our lifetime. And I really feel like that was part of this journey. And we live in such an exciting time because the amount of information out there is insane. Um, It's insane. And I feel like it's even more insane when you commit to a practice like this and start studying more. It's like, oh my God, there's so much incredible information and access to teachers and techniques. And I love what you, what you said though. I want to just backtrack for a second because what you're explaining, I feel like, you know, is that an experience like this really does facilitate like a process of kind of peeling back the layers, right? And if you're going to commit to that, you have to commit to the good, bad, and ugly that comes with it. You know, otherwise you're just like a light and love on the spiritual path. And that's not the truth. The truth is like, if you commit to a deeper study of yourself um, and you keep peeling those layers back more and more, there's good and ugly and beautiful and dark that you have to look through and work through. And, and, and the thing is like, that's the human experience too, though. Um, But, but again, back to what you said is like some people, mm, they don't really want to do that. Um, You and I have always wanted to do that. We just go in, (laughs) you know, but, but part of that experience is then you have to um, work through um, call it shadow work, call it whatever you want, but like, you know, there are, there are layers to our psyche, to our consciousness, to our behaviors, to things that we've learned, um, behavior patterns, maybe that we've carried forever that eventually you look at one day and are like, why the fuck do I do this? (laughs) Sure. You know? Yeah. And be able to operate, you know, one thing that has resonated with me is this, like this ability to, respect everybody where they're at in their journey. You know, not everybody's journey to self-discovery is going to look the same way. And, you know, that theme of non-judgmental, um, non-duality that always comes up for me in, in any of the teachings that I am listening to. And I feel like that's so true. And it's so telling of this time. You know, I think a lot of us carry, um, so much grief and sadness as we look at our world kind of unraveling day by day. And it can feel really, really overwhelming. But I think, you know, a lot of times the question will come up, like, what can I do? How can I help? How can I change this? It feels beyond me. And the only message that I've ever really resonated with is change within yourself. If there's struggle within you, if there's divisiveness within you, if there's criticism or separation in any way, even in your small world, it might feel like um, it's not enough, but I believe wholeheartedly that it is. And I think it's the shift that the world is going to, like you said, similar to the eclipse portal, you know, so much of it is 
greater than us. We are, it's easy to feel so small. Um, but I think every individual carries that responsibility in their lifetime. And yes, it's hard. The human experience is hard, but it can also be the most profoundly beautiful thing um, that we'll ever experience and be able to carry both of those truths in our lifetime is, is our work, you know? And I think you and I, I mean, we're both, we're both females. We both know what it's like to live um, in a world where there's a lot of struggle there. I think the conversation has come up so many times with us around motherhood. And I think we, one of the things that I find so beautiful also about this time is there's so much more language around um, listening to other females talk, listening to how mothers speak to themselves. There's kind of an unraveling happening there and also, you know, a paradigm shift in how we parent our children. Um, and a lot of that is reflective of, you know, you, you think you go in thinking you're going to like fix your child and, you know, the hard truth is you're going in to fix you too. A lot of the time um, I can, personally attest to that. And it's been a beautiful life lesson for me. And I, I'm going to be a forever student in that department. Um, but, you know, when you sit with that information and you, you start to understand that, like, and I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but like this idea that we come into the world broken and not whole, like I've had this like aha moment of like, I, we're all just inherently good people. Mm -hmm. that, have big struggles along the way and it, they don't have to define who we are as an individual outside of the action and what happens to the world when we start to like live and breathe by that I mean I would love to live in a world where our children don't know what war is I don't know if that's reality but you know it starts there for sure yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's interesting the I guess just because we are moms and like the the process of looking at how we raise our children is also like you know, we have an inner child too. There's there's that. I've done a lot of inner child work like in the last year or two too, so I feel like I'm yeah. reflecting on that all the time. And I also look at like the opportunity I have as a mom, as a parent to um to be conscious of that with, with, with what I'm shaping in, in my son, for example, right. You know, like, listen, we, we're all doing the best we can and we're going to fuck it up. I mean, that's just how it goes. And, um, but at the same time, like being aware of like where my own patterns come from, or like beliefs that I have about myself that were formed from this, that, or the other, and like conscious parenting in that regard. Um, but at the same time, you know, I have an opportunity to also consciously parent like the inner child in me that, that that needs that as well because that's also how I heal myself. Yeah, I mean that is that is our work as a collective is to be able to sure. you know raise up the next generation and also work on ourselves in the process and come at it with zero judgment. You know, other generations have not had the same type of language that we have today, and it's our job to forgive and heal and live out you know, these wholehearted lives. And to that effect of the the trauma that we talked about, I one thing, and I want you to talk about this because this is big for you, but what are your thoughts on like the connection with like chronic disease and stuff like that in relation to like mental health? Well, we, we've also dove deep on this before. And it's funny because, you know, we, for a minute there, like heard about German new medicine. And then I was like, oh my God, Emily, we, we have to do yeah, deep dive right. in new medicine. And I'm <laughs> like, oh. 20 <laughs> Yes, seriously. So I bought like the whole encyclopedia of German new medicine and deep dove it. And then I was like, wow, this is a lot to unpack. So I'm going to have to put it to the side and like get to it another point. But yeah, to answer your question, without question, my belief is that, you know, we have, um, our bodies are made up of energy. I believe very much in like the, you know, chakra energy systems of our bodies. And I believe that we hold, um, stuck 
energy, usually that happens from disease, trauma, um, mostly trauma, um, and it, it gets stored in our body. And when not appropriately processed, it can turn to disease. Um, you know, it disrupts homeostasis. We have, um, for example, thyroid disease in the United States, which is growing at epidemic proportions for women. Um, it's unbelievable to me um, when I read the statistics because, you know, I am passionate about it because I have it. Um, I, I stay up to date on, you know, the, what's going on with it. And it's just getting worse. And there is a reason for that. Um, you know, there's a reason that the throat chakra area, the source of, you know, the energy center of expression, um, the ability to speak our truth and be heard, um, all those things like that, there, that is a, that is a chronic area of disease now for um, too many women across the globe. And, you know, we can also look at rising rates of, you know, cancer, we can look at um, autoimmune disease, which is huge. I also feel like just and again, I'm just putting this out there, this is my opinion. In the medical field, autoimmune, I feel like it's never really been fully understood. It's kind of like this weird area that's like, well, your body's attacking itself. And like, I'm like, I don't believe that, you know, the body is the most sophisticated computer program that was ever created ever. Um, it, it heals and repairs itself. It doesn't attack itself. That's not what's going on. I just don't buy into that. I think it's just an area that is not understood. So it's grouped into this sort of autoimmune. And I do think that autoimmune is an area where disease is manifesting from, you know, stuck trauma or unprocessed, um, shit like that. And it, 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 it manifests and turns to disease if it's not appropriately processed out of the body. Um, and our issues are in our tissues. Like we know that that's true. And then, I mean, as both of us being yoga, you know, big yogis, it's like, I mean, that's part of the reason I go is I got to work it all out of the body, you know? Right. And you can, so I do think like the mushrooms for sure, like, um, as with other potential plant medicines, but used for microdosing there, is, it can be a holistic tool for regaining some balance and some, you know, um, some homeostasis within the body, especially if it just gives you that level of awareness to look deeper into your, under, into yourself and understand yourself in your own patterning, you then open the doors to potentially healing a lot of, uh, of issues where there's disease. 100%. And back to, you know, the astrology chart, and I don't know how all this intertwines, but I do know that, um, you know, we're entering into this age of Aquarian, Aquarius and like the rise of the feminine and, and not in a gender way, like as an energy way. And I think it's so telling of the conversations people are having, you know, this new age is coming. Um, and it really begins with that concept of us like understanding our bodies, understanding um, our past and healing it. And you know, believing with everything that we have that we're born of love. And I think that if we shift um, into that world, there's so much healing available. For I totally agree. I think it all starts with just like the study of ourselves and our patterning and our emotions and like um, getting embodied. You know, we do, so many people in our society don't even know what it feels like to, to be in their own body because we're conditioned to with all these distractions and with all these other things that teach us to be anywhere but in our own bodies and connected with our own emotions. And so anything that facilitates the process of like, regaining that sort of childlike um, understanding and awareness and comfortability of who you are in your body, in your spirit. Um, that's, that's where we're meant to be, right? That's like, that's, that's neutrality. That's where we're supposed to exist from is in that place. And so anything that helps the process of self-study, self-inquiry, excavating out the good, bad, and ugly to return to that state of um, sort of a childlike state, right? Like that's where I think optimal health, mental health, physical health, spiritual health comes from, um, from that place before we have all the conditioning and the patterning and the unprocessed trauma. Sure. I mean, we all come here with, 
you know, different soul contracts um, and when we can really take a look at our stuff. And I think that would be one of the biggest messages that I would want to share. You know, I think it can be, it can feel easy and it can feel scary to not want to look at it. But when you look at your struggles and your, you know, limiting beliefs as catalysts that are really pushing you towards your higher purpose, um, you can really start to operate from a, a higher being and, and a, a much deeper understanding as to why you're here. And when you can start to do that work, I mean, life gets really fun and exciting. I mean, I don't know about you, but there has been this shift where like anything is possible. And I'm not just saying that in some sort of like cheesy prep way. I know. I feel it in my bones of like, not only is everything possible, but also I have everything I need already. And that's probably the big, you know, joke at the end of all of this is like you go through these huge life journeys and then God's like, you had it all along, you know? I know. You it's know? a cosmic joke. I know. It's a joke. And I, I can see that, but I also think the experience is intended to be lived, you know? And so, you know, if you can get on that ride and you can really take a look around and experience it, it's, it's fun and it's exciting. And I want that for, for everybody. Um, well, I love when you say that because I, I want to share like something that I've been doing in my practice with, you know, alongside the microdosing. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, one thing that I really didn't sort of expect or know was going to be a side effect was just this absolute, I don't know another word for it, but like hunger for just like more understanding and more knowledge and just like expanding on these subjects of curiosity and spirituality and self-development that I'm already on. And so I realized like, oh my God, there's not enough hours in the day for me to like listen to podcasts and read and journal and do all this stuff that I'm like really called to do much more strongly now. Um, so I have started this practice for probably going on a month now where I wake up at 4 a.m. because it's the only time I have. And I come out to the kitchen and I make my coffee and I do like I have this whole like 90 minute, you know, routine where I'm doing my spiritual practices. I'm um, I'm doing my gratitudes. I'm reading this book, um, Ask and It Is Given, Esther and Jerry Hicks. It's fantastic. It's really about, you know, going back to the sort of Joe Dispenza stuff about like changing our thought patterns and, and imagining, you know, the future that we want and the things that we want. But I was telling you the other day that I feel sometimes like that morning time, I feel like that show, the, they used to have that show on TV, the biggest loser. And they oh, would yeah. spend all the and like, they would get up real early in the morning and they would be like out in the dark and they would be like <laughs> running and like sweating and they're like about to die and they're like diabetic. And, you know, it's like horrible. <laughs> morbidly obese. And I feel like that's the equivalent of like this work, man, that I am putting in yeah. in the kitchen and it, it feels like work, but it doesn't, but it's funny because the thing that I'm learning is that like things do get fun and exciting. And it, and it is like, if you can tap into this area of like, yes, it's potential, but also it's just like life is meant to be more than this. It's meant to be, you know, we should run towards that highest purpose. We should, it, it, this is, this is the work, right? And like, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, um, that you sit in bed and write a hundred times. Like I am, everything works out for me always. And like these affirmations that aren't heart centered, it's like tapping into like what feels real and what feels good and following that. And a lot of like, again, this book, Esther and Jerry Hicks, it's like, um, raising your feelings to like the next, what, what, what feels better than that? Okay. Then go past that. What feels better than that? And then you're constantly trying to achieve this state of being that is happy and fun and excited. And that, and from that state is where you draw into you, you know, all the, that you dream and desire. And so I think for me, it's been an incredible experience of being able to tap into that, like, enthusiasm and that excitement and that um, hunger and 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 desire to know more and to feed myself more to keep pushing me on that path right absolutely I mean honestly and I think you and I can check back in with each other um, on this topic 
as we evolve. But for now, it's a beautiful addition to our lives. Um, it's it's only enhancing the experience. Um, I think you and I are also doing the daily work, and that would you know that's my suggestion for anybody that's considering it. But we deserve to to thrive while we're here. You know, we deserve to develop our self value and our compassion for ourselves. And whatever tools you find that are bringing you to that place, seek them out a daily and and incorporate them into your lives because. What a shift, you know, there's been seasons of life where you telling me that you you're waking up and you're, you're at four and you're journaling and you're excited about this and you have this vision here and, and I'm, you know, reciprocating that back. That hasn't always been the case, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, that would, that's, this is for everybody, you know, whether you would choose to incorporate mushrooms or not, that is your personal choice, but feeling that way about life, if, if you don't feel that way about life, then whatever modality you choose, I encourage people to seek that out because that is how we are intended to live. We are not intended to live in prolonged seasons of, you know, suffering and And hardship and struggle. Yeah. I mean, listen, they happen. They are part of life, but having a really strong base of how to work through those things and take the lessons and believe with every ounce of you that they are pushing you to a better place is a totally different mind perspective. It changes everything. And um, personally, that's what I'm, how I want to go about my life, you know, as we go into that. Me too. And what better way to do it than alongside somebody like where we can share in the experience and co-create the experience together. And I think that's just been awesome. And it's helped me because, you know, having the reflection of somebody that where we are sharing. Oh, and it's so funny too, because like, you know, we were talking about like, we'll be sharing podcasts and stuff or music. It's like, I always feel like, you know, it's a mushroom day for me. If you see me post in my like playlists on it, you can just go ahead and be like, yeah, she took, she's on, she had her microdose today because I will be like, you know, I'm listening to music and it's, it's, it's affecting me in a yeah, different way. What song you sent me the other day? Oh, the need to breathe song. Yeah. What was okay. So that one, I was on the treadmill and I was just like listening to my regular playlist working out, but I heard this need to breathe song. Um, it's called, I think it's called forever on your side and it came on and I heard it for, I have heard it before, but I heard it you guys for the first time from a totally different perspective. And I heard it as if I was reciting it or like hearing the lyrics and saying them to my inner child. And I would suggest that you guys listen to that song and listen to the words and think about if you were able to express that sentiment to yourself, to the inner child that's within each of you every day, and then cultivated that as like an actual feeling that you carried an expression, um, a, a, a way of being um, that your inner child always like feels, I cannot imagine how much healthier of a human being we would all be if we had that. So that's just my suggestion need to breathe. I think it's called always on your side forever on your side, something like that. But yeah, I was on the treadmill. It was like five in the morning and I'm like, Emily, listen to this song, sing it to your inner child. (laughs) And I think I reciprocated with like five other new songs that I had. Yes. That's, that's how it goes. There are um, list in the notes. Can you do that for have Endless podcasts that we have to listen to that we send each other. We have 475 books on our nightstands <laughs> that we still have to read. But you know what? This is just the beginning too. Like I feel like, okay, so we we have had this incredible experience doing this microdosing protocol and it's working well and we're going to keep going. Um, but there are some other things that are coming that we're going to co-collaborate on and report back. And I'm not 100% sure yet what that looks like. We're working on it. Um, but Emily and Taylor are going to do some... Um, we're going to do some experiences and we're going to do some, um, we're going to try out some things and we're going to report back to the people and and let you guys know how it's going. Yes. We cannot leave anybody else. You know, no. part of our dreams include, you know, deep community and uh, very integrated healing. So whatever we experience that we 
feel is helpful and authentic and, um, you know, very reflective of who we are. I feel like that conversation is always important. And, you know, I think anybody that listens to you or any other type of um, wellness, holistic type podcasts are always looking for that type of information and people who can just be honest about it. Because that's how we learn is sharing and growing and evolving. And if you get to do it with a friend, it's a hundred times better. Completely agree. And again, I mean, the whole process is like we're meant to help each other, right? We're all reflections of each other. And the ego will keep us holding on to what we know, just like our South Node, right? Mm -hmm. um, we want to just stick with that because it's comfortable and familiar. But our soul is wanting us to trust and surrender. And again, today, this Taurus Scorpio eclipse, that's the whole vibe. Like, let go, surrender, and trust. Um, and know that like, when we can let go, um, and our soul is waiting to just blossom and bloom into, you know, some beautiful experiences of life. And it can be scary. We're all stuck sometimes on our path of feeling afraid or feeling unsure and not knowing. And that's why, you know, anything that helps us discover what our life is meant for, um, it starts within us, right? Nothing is outside of us. It's all within. So like, these are the journeys we can take to go inside and, and, excavate and reveal more and um, life just gets better and better that way. Yeah. I think that that would, I would absolutely sum up our experience with that understanding, which is it is within you, you know, all, um, all of your aspirations, all your feelings of being whole and worthy are all there. And, you know, it is my prayer and intention that, that everybody finds that in their lifetime. Well, it's absolutely my prayer and intention too. And I'm glad that we're on that quest together. We are on the journey, sister. So what are we, we doing on this journey? Now, do we know what's next? We don't, but we're figuring it out as we go, which we is have ideas. We have ideas. For 10 years. <laughs> we have an idea. Yes. We have and also we're open to um, some feedback. So if there are some suggestions out there from the audience of some stuff that you would like Emily and I to deep dive and report back on, we are ready and willing. So yeah. please don't be shy. Let us know what you think. Um, but again, this has just been so fun. Em, and like, I'm really grateful. We put the intention into this experience like the way that we did. And I feel like because of that, we really took away and gained so much from it. And that would be what I think I want to leave the listeners with today is like, if this is something you feel everything, having a plan um, is everything, but also being open to where it's going to lead you and not getting super stuck on like what you think you need from it. Um, and that's where, like Emily was saying earlier, we're a good balance for each other in that way, because I was like, here's our schedule and here's the structured plan of how this is going to go. And then you really do just sort of have to like open yourself up to see, you know, um, the unraveling and the becoming and the, um, beautiful understanding of reconnecting back to your true nature and who you truly are. It's the most beautiful trip you can take. It really is. And I'm so lucky to do it with you, sister. Me too, sis. Thanks for being here. Bye.